0: Chapter Sixteen of the Boy Scouts of Woodcraft Camp by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen, The Poacher of Lonesome Pond. Hal and Walter stood at the landing, waiting for the launch with the day's mail and express matter. There had been an unfortunate error in ordering the needed photographic chemicals, and Walter was still in ignorance of the results of his trip to Lonesome Pond. As the packages were thrown out, his eye caught the familiar label of the photographic supply-house. "'Hurrah!' he shouted, pouncing on the long-looked-for package. "'I'm off to get first crack at that dark room. Want to come in with me while I develop, Hal?' "'I sure do,' was Harrison's prompt response. "'I'm almost as anxious as you are to know what you've got on those films. The results may make a big difference to us Senecas, you know. We can't give the Delawares any more points.' AS HE STARTED TOWARD THE OFFICE, BIG JIM AND A STRANGER PASSED THEM TALKING EARNESTLY. THE latter HAD COME IN THE LAUNCH. HE WAS A MAN OF MEDIUM BUILD, HIS HAIR AND EYES WERE GREY, THE latter CLEAR AND KING. THERE WAS NOTHING TO ESPECIALLY DISTINGUISH HIM FROM THE GENERAL RUN OF GUIDES OF THAT REGION. WHO IS HE? ASKED HAL OF BILLY BUXBY WHO HAD SALUTED THE STRANGER. GAME WARDEN, REPLIED BILLY BRIEFLY been a lot of deer shooting around these diggings so they say and the big chief has been trying for some time to get the warden up here now he's here and i reckon there'll be something doing walter thought of his experience at lonesome pond and wondered if the warden would go in there as the boys passed through the office to the dark room dr miriam big jim and the warden were in earnest conversation whom do you suspect jim it was the warden who spoke red pete replied the guide promptly but you understand i ain't got a mite of proof ain't seen hide nor hire of em but i've seen signs that spells red peat to me of course some of the boys up to camp will go out and get a piece of meat once in a while but that ain't doing no great harm it ought to be stopped jim the doctor broke in sharply the law is the law meant for the lumberjack just as much as for the city sportsman i have no patience with this attitude of the natives that the law is made for the other fellows not for them either the laws should be wiped off the statute books or they should be enforced to the letter without discrimination or favor that may be so doctor but folks round here don't sense it that way replied big jim anyway the real harm that's being done the deer is from some low-down skunk that's too lazy and to do honest work and is just shooting for the lumber camps and if it ain't Red Pete, may I never sight another rifle. Nobody knows where he is, or if they do, they won't tell. You get your hands on Red Pete, and this deer shootin' will stop. The boys passed into the dark room and heard no more. Walter at once prepared his developer and also a fresh supply of hypo, for he was resolved that no precaution should be neglected to get all that he might in the negatives. Going to use tank development? asked Hal. "'No,' replied Walter, "'I'm not. "'Ordinarily I should, but I'm going to give each of these films separate treatment "'and develop each for all that it holds. "'You know I want another fifty points,' he added. "'The daylight subjects were developed first, "'and, with the exception of one fogged across one corner, "'were all that could be desired. "'Walter was particularly pleased with the results of his first successful shots "'on the way into Lonesome Pond,' and as the image of the great blue heron rapidly increased in strength under his skillful manipulation of the developer, he confided to Hal how his rattled nerves had led him to miss two splendid chances previous to the opportunity afforded by the heron. A portrait of Big Jim holding up Walter's double catch of trout would have been hard to improve, and Hal, looking over the other's shoulder, blushed as he recalled the big trout he had bought only to be beaten by the catch of which he now saw the proof growing before his eyes. For the flashlights Walter prepared a special developer, and as it washed over the first film both boys bent over the tray eagerly. Almost at once three spots, one slightly above the other two, appeared, and these rapidly took outline until the eager watchers could see clearly the doe and three fawns of Lonesome Pond. "'Hip, hip, hurrah!' shouted Hal, slapping Walter on the back. "'There are your fifty points for the Delawares!' now for the last one of all said walter as the others all in the hypo he picked up the negative made by the flash on the runway i knew what ought to be in the others but i don't know what ought to be on this except that it ought to be a deer he bent impatiently over the tray gently rocking developer back and forth over the negative presently he looked up and in a dim ruby light hal could see a puzzled frown wrinkling his forehead "'That's the queerest thing I ever got up against,' he exclaimed. "'I can make out the horns of a big buck, "'but they seem to be all mixed up with the figure of a man. "'If I hadn't taken such mighty good care of these films, "'I'd say there's a case of double exposure. "'Must be that I had another case of rattles "'and forgot to pull the tab of the one made just before the flashlight, "'and so made the latter right on top of the former. "'Yet this doesn't act like an overexposed negative.' and a double exposure would be an over-exposure. Oh, well, I give up. We'll see what it looks like when it comes out of the hypo. Here goes in. Now open the door, Hal, and I'll open the window. I'm about roasted. Hal threw open the door, and the two boys stepped out into the office. The doctor was still there, but Big Jim and the warden were nowhere to be seen. At the sound of the opening door, the doctor looked up. "'We beg your pardon, doctor, and hope that we haven't disturbed you,' said Walter. "'Not in the least, Upton,' he replied smilingly. "'I presume you have been developing those lonesome-pond negatives, "'and to tell you the truth I am almost as anxious to see them as you are yourself. "'You see, Big Jim has told me all about that trip, "'and he was positively enthusiastic over the flashing of the three-deer.' "'The doctor came over to the dark room and stepped in. "'I presume they are about fixed by this time?' "'He said, dipping his hand into the fixing bath and taking out a negative. "'He held it to the light and examined it critically. "'Just a trifle over time, don't you think, Upton? "'Still it is an excellent negative, and the composition is admirable. "'Hello, what's this?' He had dropped the first one into a tray of running water and had picked up a second which he was turning round and round in his hands as if he hardly knew which was top and which was bottom. Ha! I have it. An expression of perplexity passed over his face and his brows, puckered. What's this, Upton? he asked. I didn't hear anything about any such photo as this. Walters stepped behind him and looked at the negative the doctor was holding to the light at first he could make nothing of it but a tangle of foliage then suddenly he saw against this background the figure of a man stooping beneath the burden of the body of a deer across his shoulders walter's mouth gaped foolishly as he studied the negative what does it mean upton the doctor repeated a twinkle in his eye as he saw the boy's vacant look i don't know sir replied walter truthfully enough but the negative is yours isn't it persisted the doctor "'Yes, sir. Uh, No, sir, that is—why, of course it must be mine,' replied Walter confusedly. "'I I don't understand it at all, sir. How many flashlights did you make?' Two. One of the three deer, and the one on the run. This—' "'He paused as it flashed over him for the first time that this was a flashlight negative. "'Yes,' said the doctor with a quizzical smile. "'This is one of them.' "'and as it certainly isn't the one of the three deer, "'it is the one on the run. "'But—what does it mean?' "'asked Hal, looking over the shoulders of the others. "'It means,' said the doctor gravely, "'that Upton has secured the evidence "'that will convict the poacher of Lonesome Pond.' "'He dropped the film back in the fixing-bath. "'I see it is not quite clear yet. "'Fix and wash it thoroughly, and then if you can, Upton—' I wish you would make a print from this before Jim and the warden return to-night. They have gone up to the Durant camp to look about a bit. I must request that you both say nothing whatever about this matter until I give you permission. And, of course, you understand that the photograph is to be shown to no one. Bring the prints to me as soon as you have them made. If you have time, make a print from each of your other negatives. We'll entertain the warden on his return." By noon the films were dry, and by three o'clock that afternoon a complete set of prints was in Dr. Miriam's hands. Late in the afternoon Big Jim and the warden returned, and shortly after the doctor sent for Walter. "'Warden?' said he. "'This is Upton, the lad who was with Jim at Lonesome. I have called him in, thinking that you may like to question him a bit as to conditions at Lonesome, and also that he may have the pleasure of showing you—' some photos in which i know you will be interested as will jim also i tell you warden some of our boys are doing great work here it takes something more than mere knowledge of photography to get such pictures as these the man behind the camera has got to be something of a woodsman as i think you will admit when you have looked these over as he finished speaking he handed the package of prints to walter face down and the boy, noting that they were numbered in consecutive order, instantly realized that this was a cue for him to show them in that order. As one by one the prints were laid on the desk, Big Jim bent over them with all the enthusiasm of a great overgrown boy, telling the warden the story of each and making comments that made Walter blush to the roots of his hair. When the beautiful picture of the doe and her two fawns was put before him, Jim's delight was without bounds. The doctor smiled so you think that's pretty good do you jim he asked good it's the best i ever see exclaimed the guide upton has one that will interest you still more i think jim show it upton the warden and the guide leaned forward eagerly as walter placed the last print on the desk for a full minute there was absolute stillness as the two men studied the print in surprised astonishment walter will never forget the expression on the guide's face as he stared first at the doctor Then at Walter, and finally back at the print, while slowly comprehension of what it meant dawned. What did I tell yer? he roared, smiting the desk with a huge fist. What did I tell yer? Didn't I say it was Red Pete? Is this evidence enough for you, Warden? It is evidence enough, Jim. But say, I haven't got this through me yet. You didn't tell me anything about seeing Red Pete, let alone taking his photograph. It's a wonder he didn't put a knife in you for that jim laughed i expect he would have if he was sure what had happened he replied you see that there buck must have taken one of the other runs and reached the lake where pete was laying for him pete potted him and then waiting just long enough to bleed him and take out his innards i found him the next morning he dug out before we should come snooping round he just happened to hit the run the camera was on and of course he fired the flash (laughs) oh glory "'I wish I could have seen his face right after that flash. "'I bet every black hair in his head was standing on end "'and that Pete was reeling off prayers "'to every saint he ever heard of as fast as his tongue could go.' "'I noticed that he held on to the deer,' observed the warden dryly. "'You bet he did,' replied Jim. "'That flash just naturally blinded him for a few minutes, "'and he couldn't see nothing. "'Then he heard us coming on the jump, "'and he didn't have no time to look for the camera and bust it, HE JUST HIT THE TRAIL DOUBLE-QUICK a trustin' TO LUCK THAT WE DIDN'T GET nothin'. THIS IS ALL THE EVIDENCE I WANT, SAID THE WARDEN. DOCTOR, I WANT YOU TO LET ME HAVE JIM FOR A COUPLE OF DAYS. I NEED HIM, FOR PETE'S A SLIPPERY CUSTOMER, AND IT'LL NEED TWO OF US TO SURPRISE HIM. WE'LL START FOR LONESOME EARLY TOMORROW MORNING, AND THE LESS SAID ABOUT OUR MOVEMENTS, THE BETTER. REMEMBER, BOY, MUM'S THE WORD, HE ADDED, TURNING TO WALTER jim had been studying the photograph closely whoppin big buck pete's got there he remarked and then added sharply son come here and tell me if this is a scratch on the pitcher or if it's in the pitcher the guide was pointing to a tiny white line on the shoulder of the deer walter examined it closely it's in the pitcher he said slowly then a startling idea slowly forming in his mind he looked up at the guide who instantly read his thought yes said the big fellow with angry bitterness it's him it's the king of lonesome pond the big buck you and me trailed that morning murdered by a half-breed cut throat who'd treat you and me just the same if he dared and he could see a dollar in it i'm ready to start when you are warden and the sooner i see this ugly mug behind the bars the sooner i can enjoy my vittles again when the name of red pete was first mentioned it had sounded strangely familiar to walter but try as he would he could not place it now he studied the photograph he recognized a low-browed surly axeman who had been in the waiting room at the upper chain the morning of his arrival in the woods and there flashed through his mind big jim's characterization of pete that morning as the meanest man in the mountains how little he had dreamed that their lines would ever cross and now he shivered involuntarily as he wondered what the outcome would be and what would happen if the outlaw should chance to learn of the evidence walter now held in his hand i-i guess you'd better keep the film and the prints he said turning to dr miriam and breathed easier as the doctor took them then excusing himself he hurried out to find hal and warned him not to breathe a word about the second flashlight picture Did Red Pete suspect, and if so, what if he should happen to meet him alone in the woods? For the next few days he seldom went far from camp and never alone. Even then he had the feeling of being watched, and would turn suddenly half in fear and half in hope that he might catch a glimpse of the breed's threatening face peering from some leafy screen. Walter's nerves were playing him tricks. Nor did they become any easier when the warden and Jim returned empty-handed from Lonesome Pond, They had found plenty of traces of the poacher, in fact, had found his camp, but it was evident that the outlaw had transferred his headquarters elsewhere. Owing to other business, the warden was obliged to postpone the search for the time being, but left with a promise to return at an early date to run Pete down. In the meantime, Walter continued to feel uneasy, and the lumber camp to enjoy fresh veal. End of chapter 16